Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of I'm Revealing It, a podcast. Oh my God. Is that how British people say podcast? Podcast. That is so hot. Oh my God. Why do British people make everything sexier? And if you're British and you're listening and you're sick of hearing that, don't get offended. That's a compliment. Come on. Suck up, ho! Just kidding. Guys, I am... Okay, hi. Welcome to another episode of I'm Reviewing Our Podcast, where I, Matthew Bussey, watch and review sight and sounds top greatest movies of all time. I was just kidding. You're not a hoe. There is this movie that came out last year called No Hard Feelings with Jennifer Lawrence, and that's a quote from the movie, and I just constantly say it because it's funny. Uh, yes. What is sight and sound? What are the top greatest movies of all time? What's the BFI, the British Film Institute? I don't have time for this, you guys. Go and Google it. All right, come on. I have things to do. I'm kidding. Okay, so look. Here's the deal. I I'm a little uh, weird. I mean, I'm always a lunatic, but um, on this podcast, but I'm especially weird today because I am not drinking this month. This is coming out in February, but for the whole month of January, I am not drinking. And it's so weird. I went to the Shabbat uh, uh, event last night and I could not shut the F up telling people that I was sober. It was like people were literally like, we, we, we get it. And I, I I don't know who I am. I really don't know who I am. It's crazy. Also, last night was so freaking weird. Can I just tell you a quick anecdote? Last night, I got home. It was raining. There was a car accident right outside my apartment. These two cars. And I, like a peeping Tom, uh, was like, you know, or not like a peeping Tom. That implies, like, sex. You know, I was, like, eavesdropping. I overheard the two drivers. And one of the drivers was yelling, you're drunk you're drunk. And then the other driver responded, I have three dogs in the hospital. (laughs) Sorry, but what? Three dogs in the hospital? I wanted to go down and offer some, like, I don't know, refreshments, but I don't have anything. I ate them all. Oh, it was really awkward and weird. And um, they did get, you know, I got tired, so I just went to bed. But I did. I looked this morning, and the cars aren't there, aren't there anymore. So I guess they're good. Anyway, I'm also just yeah. So if I'm a little goofy today, I mean, just deal with it, okay? It's just I might scream or or burst out laughing about things that don't really make sense or aren't funny to you. But you know, I just can't help it. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. I just fell. Um, anyway, let's start the show, shall we? Uh, I am also just really excited to talk about today's movie because it is a... Ow! Oh, Frankie, my dog. I am so excited to talk about today's movie because this is considered to be the first ever vampire movie. And you know me and vampires. I love me some vampires. But this is the first one and it is called... Hold on. The dog's making noise. Hold on. Let's start this over. Pause. Shh. It's called Nosferatu.
essentially, this is Dracula. This movie is Dracula. It came out in 19... I forgot to mention it's a silent movie. I'm sorry. I know some people are not into silent movies. I love silent movies. I think they're phenomenal, most of them. Uh, Nosferatu came out in 1922. It's a German-made movie. It was directed by F.W. Murnau. F.W. Murnau, I, I reviewed one of his movies... Uh, many episodes back, he is a very—he was a very famous uh, German expressionist director. He did a movie called Sunrise. He did another movie called The Last Laugh that are considered to be like two of the most famous movies ever. And this one too, Nosferatu. Now the other movies are not scary, but Nosferatu, which uh, actually the German title is Nosferatu eine Symphonie des Grauens, uh, is a horror movie. Yes, it's a horror movie. And like I said, it is actually, I'm going to get into the history of this movie too, because it is actually just Dracula, you know, based on the book Dracula by Bram Stoker. But it's kind of its own thing, and it kind of stands out as its own thing. And the character of Nosferatu, his name isn't even Nosferatu, his name is Count Orla, kind of like Count Ola, not to be confused with Count Ola from a series of unfortunate events. I love that show so much. Count Orlok is Nosferatu, you know, the big tall guy with the long nails, but they look like tentacles almost, and he's got like the rat ears and the bald head, and his face is like, hey, yeah, you know? He Nosferatu is considered to be one of the most famous horror movies of all time. It's creepy. Um, look, I'm not gonna like have nightmares from this movie, but I can understand, of course, why when it came out, it was so shocking. I mean, there's no blood or anything in it, but, you know, the character of Count Orlok, he is freaking terrifying. And you know what I love about this movie, too? You know, I unfortunately grew up when, uh, during the period when vampires were, like, not scary, but, like, hot, you know? Like, you wanted to get bit by a vampire. You wanted to, like, sleep with vampires, you know? At, at least I did. So, I grew up in that period, and I kind of miss the the older days where it wasn't like that, you know? I like the vampire movies where the vampires are actually, like, blood-sucking, you know, awful, baddie motherfuckers, you know? Like, really, really evil. We don't really see that anymore. Now it's like, you gotta make a vampire movie, they gotta be hot, you know? It's always like that. And, you know, I get it. It's like a guilty pleasure thing. But Nosferatu, I think, stands out in that there is nothing charming about this guy. Not like Dracula. You know, Dracula is the one, the famous one with Bela Lugosi, which came out in 1931. It was not a silent film. There was there was talking in that. Uh, you know, he's meant to be a little charming at the same time uh, as, you know, being a, an evil monster. But, oh man. You see, like, I, I, I'm kind of like at a loss for words. Nosferatu, I love this movie. It is phenomenal. Let's get into it. I just want to get into it because I'm excited. <laughs> okay, here we go. Plots and ups. So, like I said, this movie is based on Bram Stoker's Dracula. If you love Dracula, then, you know, you may know this story pretty well. But, uh, quick shout out to Bram Stoker's Dracula 1992 version. Go see it. Amazing. Okay. Nosferatu. It's 1838 in the fictional German town of Wisburg, Thomas Hutter, I think it's Hutter, how you say his name, or it's German, so it might be Hutu. I'm just going to call him Thomas. Tommy. 
Tommy Pickles. Thomas is sent to Transylvania by his employer, estate agent Herr Nock. <laughs> I love that name. To visit a new client, Count Orlock, who plans to buy a house across from Thomas's own home. While embarking on his journey, Thomas stops at an inn in which the locals are frightened by the mere mention of Orlock's name. Who is this Count Orlock? And why is his name Count Orlock? Isn't that a little scary and spooky? Yeah, I agree. Thomas rides on a coach to a castle where he is welcomed by welcomed, excuse me, by Count Orlock. When Thomas is eating dinner and accidentally cuts his thumb, Orlock tries to suck the blood out, but his repulsed guest pulls his hand away. Thomas wakes up the morning after to find fresh punctures on his neck, which he attributes to mosquitoes. Oh, that's really nasty. That happened to me one time years ago. I got bit by a mosquito 50 times in the middle of the night, and my parents didn't believe me. <sighs> I'm still bitter about that. Anyway, that night... Orlock signs the documents to purchase the house and notices a photo of Thomas's wife, Ellen, remarking that, <laughs> this made me laugh, remarking that she has a lovely neck. Yeah, when you go on dates, don't say that. Uh, I'm horrible at dating, but I've never been that bad to say you have a lovely neck. Yeah, come on. Suck up, ho. I'm going to say it again. I should have changed the name of the podcast to Suck Up, Ho. I love it. Reading a book about vampires that he took from the local inn, Thomas starts to suspect that Orlock is a vampire. With no way to bar the door, he cowers in his room as midnight approaches. The door opens by itself, and Orlock, oh, this scene is so epic, enters, and Thomas hides under the bed covers and falls unconscious. I don't really get why he falls unconscious, but I don't know. Fright? I guess it happens. Meanwhile, his wife, uh, Ellen, awakens from her sleep and, in a trance, walks onto her balcony's railing, which gets the attention of her friend, Harding. When the doctor arrives, she shouts Thomas's name and can apparently see Orlock in his castle, who is threatening her unconscious husband. So she's basically seeing in this trance what is happening to her husband you know orlock kind of has that power over her i think because orlock is obsessed with ellen and you know wants to eat her to death the next day uh thomas explores the castle only to retreat back into his room after he finds the coffin in which orlock is resting dormant in the crypt hours later orlock piles up coffins on a coach and climbs into the last one before the coach departs and thomas rushes home after learning that the coffins are taken aboard a schooner where the, I don't know what that is. Where the sailors discover rats in the coffins. Oh, good shot. All of the ship's crew later die, and Orlock takes control. When the ship arrives in Wisburg, Orlock leaves unobserved, carries one of his coffins, and moves into the house that he purchased. Many deaths in the town. Deaths, excuse me. Speech impediment I've had in my whole life. Many deaths in the. Oh, fuck. Okay. There are deaths in the town. People die in the town after Orlock's arrival, in which uh, this time the, do the town's doctors blame all the deaths on an unspecified plea caused by the rats from the ship. Yeah, makes sense. Ellen, meanwhile, reads the book that Thomas found. It claims that a vampire can be defeated if a pure-hearted woman distracts the vampire with her beauty and offers him her blood of her own free will. That's sweet sad but sweet she decides to sacrifice herself no ellen she opens her window to invite orlock in and pretends to fall ill so that she can send thomas to fetch professor Bul bulwer a physician after he leaves orlock enters and drinks her blood but the sun rises which causes orlock to vanish in a puff of smoke i just cannot believe i just did that with I, wow that was cool ellen oh okay Ellen lives just long enough to be embraced by her grief-strucken husband. Count Orlock's castle in the Carpathian Mountains is later shown destroyed. The end.
Okay, this movie, it's it's not going to give me nightmares. I know that it's 1922. Nothing from the 20s will ever give me nightmares. I mean, I've seen enough in my own... <laughs> I don't know. I was just... I have. A, this always happens where I have a joke going in the back of my head and then I fuck it up. Okay. Nosferatu, this is a phenomenal movie. Uh, visually, I think just visually, it is so... That is what makes it so iconic. You know, German expressionism, it's all about black and white. It's all about shadows and big buildings and big structures and 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 you know light and dark and it's all about that and this whole movie is like a, a it's like a book in a way like you know a book with all these big pictures you know it was shot in germany and slovakia a lot of the buildings in the movie are actually still there i've read which is pretty cool that is what i think is so striking about the film but you know this movie really is all thanks to actor max schreck max schreck is the actor who plays count orlock um, he was born Friedrich Gustav Maximilian Schreck, and he was a very professional German actor, and um, he is this movie. I mean, without Max Schreck, there would be no Nosferatu, there would be no Count Orlock, you know? I mean, his, his like I said it in the beginning, but it's his presence, his the way that they, you know, the makeup and the, the costume and everything is so disturbing. This is, man is a freaking talking, walking rat. Bloodsucker, you know? I rewatched this movie, and, like, you forget that you're actually watching a performance. You feel like you're watching an actual vampire. I mean, I, I like, not, and again, not a handsome vampire, but an actual, like, I'm gonna kill you. This is not cute at all. There's no sparkling anything here. You know, this is, like, the real deal, you know? And it's shocking, it really is an unsettling movie, you know? I mean, it stands out. I, I use that word a lot. It stands out. It stands out. I do apologize. I'm not smart with these things. But, you know, I think that is the thing about Nosferatu that is so unique is that, you know, it takes this popular story of Dracula. There's a lot of history to the ad, adapting this book, which I'll get into, which is kind of a little um, scandalous. But what I really like is how Nosferatu stands out from all the other vampire movies as really, like, trying to actually be scary and frightening, you know? I like that. Dracula, the movie Dracula was the same way, but Nosferatu is a scary movie. It's not campy. It's not. It's black and white, and it's silent. So, yes, of course, every silent movie, that the expressions, it's always, you know, their expressions are always so over the top, but... That's not the a thing. That's not a big deal, though. The movie really is trying to be scary, and it works. Now I know why this movie has, all these years later, it turned 100 last year. Wait, I can't do... No, not last year. Two years ago. Excuse me. It's 2024. And to this day, it is like... A movie that is so talked about still. If you love horror, you know, Nosferatu is always mentioned. It just always is. BTS Secrets and Scandals! I forgot to say, too, that the music, like the score that, you know, accompanied this movie and the version I watch is so good. I mean, you heard it in the trailer, but like, I love it. Like whenever Ellen is on screen, there's always a, a creepy sounding woman who's like, ha, ha, like singing kind of like Mariah Carey. You know how Mariah Carey can sing like F flat or whatever, you know, like she can go so high. This woman singer basically does the same thing and it's so effective and chilling. Anyway, scandals and secrets of this movie well there are it's like kind of a scandal i guess but um yes 
F.W. Murnau, he adapted this book. Um, well, it was adapted. It was written by this um, screenwriter named Han- Henry Galin. He was an Austrian guy. I hope I'm saying his name right. Um, basically, they adapted this movie without like the permission of, of Bram Stoker or Bram Stoker's widow. Bram Stoker had died in 1912, so, you know, but his, they didn't get any permission from the publisher or anything. So they basically went behind Stoker's widow's back and made this whole movie that is literally a copy of the book, but they just changed the characters' names um, in order to prevent legal action. I love this trivia. In an attempt to prevent legal action, parentheses, which failed. It did fail. Yeah, basically, Bram Stoker's widow um, was so bum- so mad that they- well, and bummed that they, you know, adapted Bram Stoker's novel without getting permission. That all the known prints and negatives were destroyed under the terms of the settlement of a lawsuit by Bram Stoker's widow. That is pretty crazy. I mean, that is, I think, what is also so amazing about Nosferatu is that this movie literally almost didn't survive like it is the prince almost this movie almost didn't exist which is nuts you know and there are like a lot of stories but obviously it did they found reels they found second generation reels in other countries after this but the main story the main history of this is that you know the prince were destroyed the movie was gone um after this lawsuit And then they later heard of a good print in an East German archive. When they got there, they found out that the print had been loaned out and the restorer, the restorers, excuse me, were then offered to have a look at another print from the archive, which wasn't considered as good as the other one. When the restorers, I can't say that word again, speech impediment, observed that print, they discovered that it had the original subtitles. It had been sitting there for half a century and nobody had noticed Look at that. There should be a movie alone about, like, the history of Nosferatu. They did make a movie. It's kind of like a, a dark comedy called Shadow of a Vam- Shadow of a Vampire. Shadow of the Vampire? I forget. It came out in 2000 where Willem Dafoe plays uh, Count Orlock and John Malkovich plays the director, F.W. Bernal. Really good. Willem Dafoe got an Oscar nomination for that, too. But this whole history of, you know... How Murnau, you know, adapted this without getting permission and it bit him in the ass, but then it also saved his life. And really, I mean, this is one of his most famous movies ever. And it's one of the most, it's gone on to be one of the most famous horror movies of all time. And it almost wasn't. It almost was evaporated into thin air. Oh, Ooh, I'm a good writer. Evaporated into thin air, just like Count Orlock at the end of this movie when the sun hits his skin. Boom! I should be a writer. That was amazing. Yeah, but that's crazy. So, you know, I think the moral of when you watch Nosferatu is, um, yeah, get permission. (laughs) If you're adapting anything, get permission. Um, Just do it. Even if you change the names or or tweak the ending. That's the other big thing I found. So, you know, vampires, the whole um, myth is that, uh, well, I don't know if vampires actually exist, but, you know, in... um, stories and everything you know that the whole thing is that vampires can't be in the sunlight because they'll they'll you know die that wasn't in bram stoker's book at all so that is something that fw Murnau invented in this movie at the very end and to this day that is everywhere it's always vampires can't be in sunlight because they'll you know get set on fire or they'll they'll, or they'll sparkle which i know i'm sorry i'm trying to not do twilight jokes here but i have to um 
So yeah, I mean, F.W. Murnau is essentially uh, responsible for that. I think, um, you know, what is crazy too, this also adds to the fact that Shrek, uh, not the ogre, you know, the actor Shrek was so good in this movie because there were actually, this is crazy, some American publications claimed that a famous German actor was under the vampire makeup and that um, this guy, Max Shrek, like that wasn't his real name because Shrek happens to mean terror in German. So they believe that they were using that to kind of, you know, the mark for marketing purposes, they were kind of making this up to boost the promotion of the film, <laughs> which is not true. That is Max Shrek. And I'm sure he was a good guy. Yeah, he died young, 56. That's a shame. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't really read a lot about, uh, uh, what is it, uh, Shrek. Um, but yeah, he died of a heart attack, which is pretty sad. And he's really only known for Nosferatu. I mean, that's it. Nosferatu is Max Shrek. Boom. So um, I think the other interesting thing about Nosferatu is that Orlok is not called Nosferatu in the movie. Why is the movie not called Orlok? Well, because that's a Nosferatu has such a better ring to it. Nosferatu is an archaic Romanian word for vampire. The origins of the word are unknown. Interesting. And you know what's also really interesting? Orlok isn't actually in the movie a lot. He's only on screen for a bit less than nine minutes in total throughout the whole film. And the movie's like an hour and a half, the version I watched. Again, there's different versions of the movie. There's also a version in color. Do not watch it in color. That defeats the whole friggin' purpose. I hate when they do that. It defeats the purpose. It defeats the purpose of why the movie is so good to begin with because the black and white cinematography is so good. God. Um, Yeah. Also, I mean, this is kind of obvious, but the movie was banned in Sweden due to, quote, excessive horror. horror. (laughs) Yeah, excessive horror in the movie. Um, Shrek, man, that actor really scared the crap out of people. The ban in Sweden was finally lifted in 1972, so all those years later. It's a little ridiculous in my opinion, but yeah. He's creepy. The shots in this film of Orlok, like, just standing there, you know, like, the door opens and Orlok is just standing there with those claw hands going, like, making that expression with his eyes and his face. Uh, I think I know what I want to be next year, for, this year for Halloween. Yeah. I don't know if, if the ladies will like it, but, you know, there's, I, I can try. The best moment this is so freaking tough. Basically, any shot of Orlock in this movie is the best moment. Um, any shot. I mentioned the shot of when Thomas is in his room and the door opens and you see Orlock standing there. And there's also the scene in the cargo where Orlock literally, like, you know, rises up, like, with his, you know, hands down, as vampires do. And he's just making that face. And the, the, the way it is shot is so unbelievably surreal and and it is like a nightmare it is like a nightmare like you envision vampires killing you you envision this guy with this these rat ears but you know actually i think my the best moment has got to be the end of the movie where ellen is in her room and you see it's a famous shot you see the shot of orlock coming up the steps and you see his shadow and then you know she's in her room and the music is like you know it's all scary and then you see ellen in her room and you see orlock's hand the shadow of his hand go on like her chest over her heart and then his hand he clenches his hand like that and when he clenches it Ellen just goes ah yeah under his spell 
Ugh, dude, it is so cool. And that shot has stuck with me for my whole life because I remember making a movie one time with my friends without their permission at the beach. And I remember my one friend was, you know, I had the camera and he was lying on his beach chair and I did the thing with the hand. I put my hand shadow over his chest and I remember he didn't see the movie. So I just remember going, okay, when I squeeze my, when I, you know, clench my uh, hand, you're going to just clench your heart. He didn't take it seriously. He made it, he stuck his tongue out and tried to be dirty. Yeah. Asshole. Mais est-ce que je suis d'accord avec les critiques de ce film? Do I agree with the critics who have criticized and reviewed this movie? Well, criticized. Uh, there are, I did not find any criticisms of this movie. Every review of this movie has pretty much been amazing. My buddy Tom Huddleston, I, he's not a buddy. I just remember I review, I, that name is very popular. And also, there, I think a few episodes ago, I, I said one of his reviews again. But Tom Huddleston of Time Out calls Nosferatu. He says about it, so this is it. Ground Zero, the birth of horror. The birth of horror cinema. Horror. 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 I can't goddamn say this word. Yeah, I agree with you, Tom, buddy. No, uh, Noel Murray from The Dissolve, I don't know that, he uh, says that the movie's best effect is its star. He looks every bit like an actual demonic wild thing, retrieved from deep within the German wilderness and trotted out to perform for F.W. Murnau's camera. Agreed. Kind of like everything I've said, you know, Shrek is the star of this movie. Kevin Thomas of the Los Angeles Times says, Never mind that much of the story of this first important screen version of the Dracula legend seems corny and dated. For what counts is its atmosphere and its images, which are timeless in their power. I do agree with that. I mean, the story, I didn't totally, I wasn't totally involved with the story of Dracula, but also, I'm not totally involved with the story of Dracula in general. Like, I'm not. Like, I love Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula, the one with Gary Oldman and Winona Ryder, and Keanu Reeves. I know his British accent is horrendous, but come on, it's, it, it, is, it, it is hard to do. I don't really love the story of Dracula. It, that The story itself doesn't really stick with me that much for no reason at all. I think for me that the allure of the allure of Dracula is the style, you know, it really is the style. And in this case, I mean, without the style and Nosferatu, I don't think it would be the movie it is today. Rob Humanick of Slant Magazine says, Watching Nosferatu is like standing in the same room as death itself. That sounds negative. It's positive. It literally means that you feel so queasy and uneasy watching this movie. It does make you feel like, oh my god, that guy's actually a vampire and he's actually going to kill me. Roger Ebert loved this movie from the Chicago Sun-Times. He says, Max Shrek, who plays the vampire avoids most of the theatrical touches that would distract from all the later performances, from Bella Lugosi to Christopher Lee to Frank Langella to Gary Oldman. Yeah, I forgot Frank Langella played a, a Dracula. The vampire should come across not like a flamboyant actor, but like a man suffering from a dread curse. Shrek plays the Count more like an animal than a human being. I'm not going to repeat myself, but I have to. It's all I've been saying. He really is like an animal in this movie. He really is like a demon, you know? He's not all gussied up and made to look attractive and, and you know, uh, flirt with women or anything and trap people. And, and No, he's none of that. He's an animal, you know? There's that quote from Fright Night that I like where Christopher Mintz Plassé, I forget how you say his name, uh, Fogel from Superbad, he is talking to um, 
Anton Yelkin's character about, you know, this vampire. And he says, he's not charming and noble. He's the fucking shark from Jaws. And that's exactly, it is. That's this movie. That is this Dracula. And that's how Dracula should be. Is it really one of the best movies of all time? You're goddamn right it is. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. It's spooky and weird and creepy and gorgeously filmed and iconic. And, you know, you got to kind of laugh about Murnau trying to get away with adapting a book without the writer's permission. Well, the writer was dead at the time, but without, you know, the publisher's publisher's permission, you know. Um, But besides that, this is a classic. This is an absolute classic. And it is a survivor. I mean, literally, I'm personifying it, but it is a survivor. This movie almost never existed. What would life be like if Nosferatu never survived? Yeah, check out this movie. I don't know if it's still available on Tubi, T-U-B-I, but that is where I watched it. Do not watch the color version. Um, This movie was also remade in the 70s by Werner Herzog, a very famous uh, Austrian, or is he German? He's German, right? Time out, pause, hold, hold on, because I know this director, so, German, he's German, he's German, I know him. You'd recognize Werner Herzog's voice, it's very, very, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's very noticeable, but anyway, thank you all for tuning into this latest episode of I'm Reviewing Here, I'm gonna end this episode by saying, get off your ass and go to the goddamn movies, okay, just do it, stop being lazy, alright? I don't care if you hurt your foot or you hurt your toe, have your mother kiss it better, if your mother isn't around, then have your dad kiss it, if your dad isn't around, then go make a mother, if you don't know how to make a mother, well, go on Craigslist, you can find them, alright, just shut up and go to the goddamn movies, okay? Okay. I love you all. I'm going to go drink some alcohol or uh, water. Okay. Bye-bye. Oh, you made it. You made it. You made it. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of I'm Reviewing Here. New episodes drop Tuesdays and Fridays. You can get this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to follow me on Instagram at I'm Reviewing Here. You can also subscribe on YouTube. New episodes drop there the same day they drop on the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. Please leave a review if you'd like. Be mean. Be nice. Hit on me. I don't really care. Candor really, really is important to me. And, you know, it helps the podcast too. So uh, I really hope you enjoyed it. This podcast is brought to you especially by Nervous Chuckles. That is my fake production company because I make people nervously chuckle all the time because they never know if I'm telling a joke or not. So they're always like, (laughs) oh, do I laugh? Do I not laugh? Is he serious? Is he insane? Did he get out of the the loony? What's going on? So if I made you nervously chuckle, then that means that I did my job. And thank you. There is uh, no funding for this podcast, but if you want to give me money, then uh, yeah, like hit me up. DM me. Bye-bye.